Hello, gorgeous. My name is Pam Rocket, and I am the host of the Divine Health Podcast. I'm a nutritionist, health and mindset coach, author, and entrepreneur. I am deeply passionate about helping you achieve everything that you desire when it comes to creating your highest health and wellness. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of inspiration and education for all things related to health. We're going to dive deep into topics on nutrition, well-being, finance, motherhood, relationships, spirituality, and so much more. I'm excited to share tools, resources, and conversations with other experts to help you see the infinite ways that you can manifest, create, and embody divine health habits that nourish your soul. Thank you so much for being here. I already know we're going to have so much fun together. Let's begin. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope that you had an amazing July long weekend and I wanted to pick up the conversation right where we left off talking about change. There's so much more that I wanted to talk about with regards to to change and I'm obviously really excited because I'm just jumping right into this episode. But as a health coach and as someone who's navigated a lot of change and behavior change and this is what I did when I went to fitness and health promotion, then I went into kinesiology and then nutrition. With health, there are so many things that we want to do and sometimes we don't do. There are things that our doctors tell us to do sometimes with regards to our health and we're not sure how to do it. So I've worked on all parts of the spectrum and there was so much more that I wanted to share, but the last episode was already almost an hour and a half. So I cut it off and I wanted to share this episode as a part two on creating change that lasts. And again, the last episode, as I mentioned, I want it to be evergreen. So you can come to it at any point in time when you're just like, yes, I am ready. I am back. I'm wanting to create this change. And you can apply it across the board. So the change could be not even with health. It could be with your spiritual practices and adopting that into your lifestyle of what you're adding in. It could be uh, creating change with the way that you have your relationship with money and the way that you spend your money. It could be with your relationships, your partnerships, your friendships, your relationship with yourself. That's one of the most important ones, and it's one of the ones that gets the least amount of attention a lot of times, especially for women. And I know that the majority of my audience is women, so I gear a lot of these conversations to change for for women who are are looking to make those big changes so that you can create and live the life that you love. So I wanted to share a little bit more inspiration and empowerment. I know I shared a lot on Instagram and on my socials over the weekend about all of these changes that I've been creating and how amazing I'm feeling. And I really, I'm grateful that I took that little hiatus from the podcast so that I can really focus on myself. And you might find yourself doing the same thing, finding that space where you can give yourself a little bit more time to create these change. Maybe there's something that you can give up or let go so that you can add this in for yourself. The one thing that I will say before we dive into today's episode is that oftentimes we wait for the perfect time. And what I'll tell you is there is no perfect time. There really isn't. There just becomes a day where you're like, okay, enough is enough. Let's go. I don't want to feel like this anymore. Or my brain is just going a million miles a minute and I'm overthinking everything. 
okay, this is a habit that isn't serving my highest good mentally, emotionally, physically, that doesn't feel good. So I'm ready to create a change. I'm ready to work with myself and use all of the things that we talked about last week. So finding your why, understanding what stage of change you're in and just really working with yourself. And I want to take it one level further, but, but yeah, there is no perfect time. So a lot of times people will be like, I'm going to start Monday. And then we just kind of set ourselves up up for, for failure or the beginning of July, you know, it's a new month. This is a perfect time. Or I hear this a lot with people wanting to quit drinking or eating healthy, <laughs> working as a health coach. A lot of people are like, I'll start in September when the kids are back in school and that routine starts again. But my favorite people are the people that start in December, not January. The people that quit drinking in June and July instead of waiting till the end of summer, you know, because it means they're ready. They're not waiting for that perfect time. The day that I gave up alcohol was a Thursday before Mother's Day long weekend. And I had so many plans that weekend. It would have been so much easier to start on the Monday. But on the Thursday was like, I had that breaking point of like, this is taking more from me than it is giving me. And I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And I'm ready to use all the resources and tools that I have for nutrition and everything else that I've I've ever done from this. And I'm going to apply all of that. And it was interesting. I had someone reach out and they're like, I didn't know that you uh, struggled with, with alcohol because you had uh, given it up before and you've done this and you've done that. And I was like, yeah, exactly. I, I know all of the things. I have given it up. I I know how to apply all these things, but I still had that monkey on my back. When my dad passed away, alcohol was a coping mechanism because I was at, or I will say, I don't want to say a rock bottom, but I was at a very low, 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 low place in my life. And I think I've shared this quite a few times on the on the podcast this year that last year, 2022 was a rough year for me. I don't hold on to that story anymore, but you don't see on social media the hardships that people go through because they often just hide. They don't show up. So that's why comparison isn't a great thing. And also no one wants to say, Hey, I'm struggling with depression, grief, and all of these heavy emotions that I'm navigating through that I've never had to navigate through before. So, and I think that's why my phone blew up when I shared about loving being sober, because there's so many people that are like, I'm doing this too, but I'm not sharing, or I want to do this. And I don't know how to get there because I'm stuck in this loop. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So I'm not just here to talk about myself and my own journey. I often share what I go through as wisdom. And, and I want to like, I share openly and honestly in that I, knowing that some people might judge me, some people might criticize me and I don't care. I share for the person that this reaches that is like, I needed to hear this today oh my gosh, this helped me create the change that I wanted. That to me is everything. And I think if you've been following me for long enough, I can't, I don't bullshit. I can't fake how I feel. I can't show up when I don't, if, when it doesn't feel, I, I, I will take that hiatus and take that time for myself in, in always sharing truth. Always, always, always. So I wanted to share some more truths on creating change and helping to support you in whatever change that you're trying to create. 
And again, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I highly recommend that before because it again talks about those stages of change and also just really understanding your why, because that is one of the big the big pieces. And we talked a lot about environment and, you know, really setting yourself up for success. But I wanted to talk about the actual kind of mechanism of change and why I see a lot of people not doing it or, you know, kind of where I have fell into some self-sabotage and all of that good stuff. So today is part two of creating change. And I want to talk about the habit loop. So there's a few different people that have shared different loops of the habit loop and they're all just a little bit different. Some have three stages, some have four stages. Uh, but the one that I want to talk about, I will reference from Atomic Habits. So that is a book by James Clear and he talks about the habit loop and there's four, which I really, really like. And I've, I've also seen it in, in three steps as well. So um, the habit loop. So the habit, the first step in that loop is the cue. Okay, so the cue is what is lining things up. So for any habit that you have, typically there is something that sets that off. Okay, so I'm trying to explain this best that I can in my own words. But so for a lot of people, especially a lot of moms or women, a big cue is stress. So we have a stressful day. The next part of that habit loop is the craving or the trigger. Sometimes it is called in, in a different step. So, okay, we have stress. What does that trigger or what is the craving from that? So uh, for instance, you might have a very stressful day with the kids. If you're home for the summer break and they're there and they're fighting. And then at the end of the day, you get them tucked in and then you're just like, oh my gosh, that craving or that trigger is ice cream, chips, takeout, junk food, comfort food, a glass of wine, going online shopping to buy yourself something. So what is that trigger? So that's number two. Number three is the response. And I will go into more detail on this. So the response is that you either drink the glass of wine, you shop and buy that article of clothing that you're looking for online. A lot of women shop in the evening, a lot of women actually drink and shop or eat and shop. And it's because, again, talking about last week, we get that hit of dopamine, or maybe you eat the ice cream or eat the junk food or the thing that, again, gives you that hit of dopamine. That is the response that you do or the, the behavior, that habit. And then the fourth is the reward. Okay. So this kind of goes in a, a cycle, in a circle. So what is the reward? Typically, you get that hit of dopamine. Or if you had a glass of wine, you get a little bit of numbness from the alcohol or you just get that, ah, it's taking that edge off momentarily. Or you get that pleasure center lit up from, oh, I just had that ice cream, which has the sugar, which gave me the dopamine or I bought the thing. And the thing is, is it doesn't last that long. And then the next day we have stress and what, what is that groove that we're curving, right? The more times that we go through this habit loop, the deeper it becomes ingrained. So, okay, I had another stressful day. So I have that craving for wine or ice cream or whatever your vice is, you know what it is. And then you you do it because that craving or trigger is there. It's like, oh, I just have it. And you might even say, I don't even want to eat it tonight. 
but you're so stressed out or that cue and that trigger is lined it up so strongly for you that you just want to shut that voice up. So you go have the thing and then you get the temporary reward and then you wake up the next day and it's Groundhog's Day all over, right? Does this sound familiar to anybody? And I think we can all identify an area when we've done that, where it could be with overindulging and then you feel that guilt or shame or, you know, oh, I'm not going to eat chips tonight. And then the kids go to bed and you have that bag and it's like, just eat a few. And then you eat them. And then you're like, damn, you wake up the next day all bloated. And you're like, why did I do that? You know, I was trying so hard to get fit and healthy. And we, and then we have that negative reinforcement where we're feeling those lower feeling feelings towards ourselves, or we're feeling defeated. And this is the languaging that I hear oftentimes with women is I've tried everything, nothing works. And then again, like I talked about last week, that self-fulfilling prophecy, what we think, what we speak, what we believe, the language, the words that we use, that creates a reality. So if you want to create that change, if you can understand this habit loop, you can work to support yourself and you can start to create something different. And that's what it's going to take because if you keep repeating this, so the more you repeat it, again, like I said, the 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 deeper the groove. So then it becomes harder to change. So again, going back to drinking, when you first started drinking and it was like, oh, I'm just going to have it on a Friday night or I'm just going to have it here. It's not that deeply ingrained. So it's a little bit easier to try something different. So you might not even understand what I talk about when I say it's a struggle because you're like, why is it a struggle? Alcohol tastes disgusting. I hate the taste of wine. But I think we can all think of something that we have as a crutch or a vice or something that we're like, oh, I wish I didn't do that (laughs) or have that, whether it could be cheese, cheese. Did you know it's like one of the most addicting foods that there are? Crazy, right? But the more that you, you repeat that pattern, the harder it is. That's why that nighttime snacking. And I hear so many moms, especially like I want to eat, I eat so good during the day. And then when the kids go to bed, I want to eat all the carbs and all the things. And it's, it's that, that cycle, we get that craving or that trigger uh, because we want to unwind, we want to relax. And then the response is that we actually create that, uh, we do that behavior. We keep going with that habit. And then we get the reward, which is temporary for like a bit of time before we go to bed. And then we wake up and it's like, oh man, am I going to do something different today? I hope that I do something different today. And I want to share strategies so that you can actually break that cycle. And again, I'm a big fan of education because if you understand what's happening, you can understand how to work with yourself to reprogram that. One of the big problems is that people don't understand themselves or they don't understand this process and they don't have alternatives. So those cravings or those triggers become all consuming. You know, that voice that's just like, just have the glass of wine, just eat the chips, just eat the chocolate, just eat the thing. And you know, like you set out that you didn't want to. So it's again, that that tug and then you give in just to shut it up. So we can absolutely work with that. The other problem that I see a lot of times is people are very impulsive. So we want that immediate gratification or satisfaction. And I'll talk a little bit about that, that that short-term pleasure for that long-term pain 
we want to flip that, right? So we have that drink, we just give in right away and we get that short-term hit of dopamine. And in that short period of time, maybe you said you weren't going to drink. So you get that short-term pleasure, but in the long-term, again, it's taking more than it's giving you because alcohol has a lot of negative side effects, which I'm not going to get into in this episode. I'm going to have a whole another part two episode all on that. But for today, it, it could be having the bowl of ice cream. You know, ice cream isn't a, as terrible for your body as alcohol is. But if you had ice cream every single night, it could lead to weight gain, which could lead to uh, pre-diabetic, diabetic, which being type 2 diabetic has an effect on your kidneys. It has an effect on your eyes. It has an effect on your feet. Like there is that downward spiral, right? Where we're doing the opposite of stacking wins. We're stacking things that aren't really serving our highest good. It leads to long-term pain or a problem versus if we can flip that and we can say, okay, I have this Q, which is stress or overwhelm or anxiety or depression or intense emotion or grief. Okay. And then that sets off the craving or the trigger. And if we can pause there and say, okay, this is what's happening. I, instead of impulsively jumping in to create that short-term pleasure, we can stop and say, okay, what is something else that I can do instead? We can tap in with mentally, emotionally, physically, how am I feeling? And we can do something different. So it might be that short-term discomfort, but long-term pleasure. So the opposite. And that's what I really, really, really witnessed with going alcohol-free is like initially it was was so sitting in the suck. So, you know, the adult that can't get their treat basically But in the long term now that I've gone through that short-term discomfort, I'm feeling better. And I was sharing with a friend, I'm like, already at two months, I feel amazing. And she's like, Pam, just wait till you get to six months and then wait till you get to a year and then two years. And now she's three years alcohol-free and she's like, it just keeps getting better and better. So it's that long-term pleasure versus that short-term pleasure. So that is one of the first things that I would say, understanding that cycle, is that if you can hit that pause between step one and okay, one and two are go together. So between two and three, between that craving or that trigger and the response, the behavior that you do, if you can pause there and just hit the pause button, hit that reframe button, hit a timeout, adult timeout, and say, what do I actually need? What will actually serve me long-term? And it might be uncomfortable right now. I'm an adult. That's okay. I can sit with this discomfort. We're not meant to feel pleasurable 24-7. Like, I mean, that would be great. I would love that. Maybe the Romans had that figured out. But uh in this day and age, like just really working with supporting ourselves, supporting our nervous system. I talk a lot about nervous system regulation. So again, if we're really tired, instead of having another coffee or 
getting grabbing something sugary, actually supporting our nervous system and maybe taking a rest. If we're feeling overstimulated, maybe coming back to meditation to calm the nervous system, really, again, supporting our system. So our health is so much more than the physical. It's it's the energetics, right? It's the mental, the the thought process, all of those things. So if you can pause between those two, and we'll talk more about this as we go on, then you can start to create change. And again, the more times that you come to this new change, this new behavior, this new thing that you're you're adapting, it starts off slow and it, it's harder. But the more times that you do this, the easier that it gets. The first 10 days of trying not to have snacks after dinner or to eat junk food, it's hard. You you miss it. You want it. But after 30 days, you are like, wow, I feel really good. I have more energy. I wake up and I'm actually hungry for breakfast. I'm not bloated trying to digest a food baby right before I go to bed when my body is trying to repair and heal. I, I'm That's not really supporting my sleep. It's not supporting my body. So when we create those changes, the longer that you do it, the easier it gets. And it's the same with exercise. When you first begin or meditation, I'll use that. I've shared this before. When you're first starting a meditation practice, you're like, this is silly. I don't even know if I'm doing this right. You don't have those benefits yet. And we talked about that last week with meal prep, with all of the things. But the more that you do it, the more that that becomes your go-to. That is your new habit loop. Okay, I'm stressed. My craving is yoga. My craving is meditation. movement, breath work, uh, you can create that list that works for you. So the response is I put on my freaking workout clothes and I pull up my yoga mat and I go do yoga or I go for a walk with, or I go for a bike ride, whatever your thing is. I've had so many people reach out and say, oh my gosh, yes, I lost that because as an adult, we just take sometimes the path of least resistance because there's no one parenting us. So we almost have to parent ourselves. And, you know, the same way that if our kids were like just going to bed and like, hey, I want to eat a row of Oreos, we'd be like, no, that's a bad idea. Because if you have that much sugar right before bed, you're going to be wound before bed. You're not going to sleep. That's too much sugar. It's bad for your teeth, blah, blah, blah. As a, as a mother, as a human being, that makes sense to me. If any of my kids said that, I'd be like, that is crazy. (laughs) We're not doing that. And I I can tell that there's going to be some people that are are listening to this and are like, yeah, bad idea, shaking your head. But then we do it ourselves. And so we almost need to parent ourselves, right? And say, no, that's a bad idea. I'm not going to do that. What can I do instead? And that's what this episode is all about, is creating those healthier alternatives so that the same way that we would do that, if you think about your child, if they've had a stressful day and you're trying to wind them down for bed and they're having a hard time winding down because they are stressed out or they're overwhelmed or their anxious thoughts are going like crazy, what would you say to support them? And this is what we need to do for our own selves. We need to parent ourselves or the word that I love to use is mother ourselves because moms have, for the most part, again, this is totally a generalization, that nurturing energy of, I know when my kids are not feeling well, they always want me because it's like, okay, I'll rub your back. I'll get some essential oils. I will get 
whatever it is that they need, a hot tea. Uh, and we need to do that for ourselves. So if we're trying to not eat throw of Oreos before bed, what is something that would be really helpful? Maybe I'll make a sleepy time tea and I'll get a really good book or I'll put on a guided meditation for stress relief or I will do a 10-minute sleepy time yoga flow before bed, like to prime your body for bed. There's so many options that you can go to, but it's just focusing on solving that problem, not focusing on the problem. And that's another key area where I see people, they one, don't prime themselves for the day. They don't develop that toolkit or they they don't take the time to actually meet their own needs. And that's okay. There's no judgment for that. But it's just, if you keep doing the same thing, and it's not making you feel great, and you want a different result, you have to dare to do things differently. You really do. Or else you'll just keep getting that same cycle, that same habit loop. And again, that's why we get stuck in it. Because the more times that we do it, the deeper and deeper and deeper it goes. Create a list of things that you can replace your unhealthy cravings or triggers with something better so that you have that better reward or response, sorry, that response or behavior or habit. I love to use those words interchangeably so that it makes sense to whoever's listening. You're like, okay, response. What response would I like to have when I have a stressed out day? I would much rather do a little bit of yoga. I'd much rather do a little bit of walk, like burn off some steam or do even a sleep hypnosis. Sometimes I'll do. And then I model that to my kids. And the reward is I feel good in that moment. Maybe not right away when I'm, when I'm creating that new change, but eventually, and that I create that long-term good feeling. And that's what it's all about. So instead of that immediate short-term pleasure, long-term pain, we want maybe short-term discomfort, long-term pleasure. Yes, please. Yes, please. That feels much better. Again, so if you had a stressful day at work or you had a stressful day with the kids, instead of, okay, I'm just going to eat this ice cream, I'm going to eat the row of Oreos, I'm going to eat all the chips, uh, just check in. Just check in and say, where am I at? What do I need? What would actually soothe me and help regulate my nervous system? I know that I'm repeating this, but I believe because it's so important. We're so, there's so much noise right now. There's so much noise and distraction for ourselves and for our kids. Really so much noise with all of the apps and all the things we need to unplug. We need to really tap into our systems, uh, our physical system, our energetic system, our emotional system, all our spiritual all of these pieces of us and say, okay, what, what would support me? How can I mother myself and use all of your senses so that you can create these healthy coping mechanisms. So here's a a few things on my list just to inspire, inspire or spark, not in spark. That's not a word. I understand that. I just get so excited sometimes you guys to just share this wisdom and knowledge and, and stuff that really helps me in, in hopes that it helps you or one person at least. Here's a few from my list. A bath and a good book together or separate. And you can make a bougie bath, like get some of the Epsom salts, which again is so good for uh, detoxification. You can get uh, essential oils. Like I said, use all of your senses. So the bubbles can feel really nice. The texture, 
the temperature of the water, the scents, all of those things. Light a candle, set the ambiance of relaxation, soothing, feeling really good. A walk around the block, 10-minute yoga stretch, as I mentioned, to wind down before bed or 10 minutes in the morning to just ground yourself before you start your day, before you get on your phone. The guided meditation, and I, I've shared it a bunch of times, so I'm not going to go into it, but you can do it for stress relief, for relieving anxiety, for relieving anxious thoughts, for positivity, for relaxation, for whatever you need. You can put it in and get it. Uh, you can turn on some soothing music while you are cooking or choring. You can make anything that you have to do a little bit more pleasurable. I love, we have a Google Home in our kitchen and we play music and whatever the mood is, music can do so much for you. And that can inspire, okay, I'm going to cook a healthy meal again, because when we eat that healthy meal, we feel better and we stack those wins. We stack wins on healthy habits. So this one win, when I eat healthy, it gives me more energy. When I have more energy, I want to do more movement. When I have more movement, I have more energy, which means that I, I can play with my kids more, which means I, it just is that upward spiral, right? You can also diffuse some essential oils and really start to create your own list. So you can journal out, you can list it out on your phone. And I love using your phone for it because it's the one thing you know you'll always have. So when that intense trigger or craving comes up and you're like, oh my God, I need a drink. I need the robot Oreos. I need that bowl of chips or that takeout food. I want to hit up McDonald's again. Okay. I'm just going to take a deep breath. I'm going to hit that pause button. I'm going to reframe this and ask myself what I actually need that's going to support me long-term, okay? And you can ask yourself, what reward would I get from this response or this response? And you can compare and contrast. You can have that pause between the cue and the uh, trigger or craving, and then the reward or the behavior or the the habit. So when you pause there, you can weigh it out and say, okay, do I want to have ice cream or can I try going for a walk? If I have this and then and then let it be done. Don't spend all of this mo- like I call it the mental gymnastics. We don't want to do that. We do not want to do that. That does not allow us to stay in the present moment. You can weigh them out and then see what feels better. Identify what unhealthy patterns maybe you have right now, and then what would be healthier habits that you can implement that new pattern or strategy so that you actually feel the way that you want to feel. And you can fill it with that healthier pattern, behavior, habit, or activity. So when you understand that cycle, that loop of four, okay, if I have the drink, then I'm going to have the reward, that temporary numbness, which puts in the barrier between me and the kids, which might make me tired and groggy the next day, which might mean that I'm not going to do my morning routine, which primes my next day, which then I can be cranky when I know, you know, like it's this vicious cycle and it doesn't have to be vicious, but it's that, that cycle of not supporting what we want long-term. Okay. So when I can do that, and I'll share an example from this weekend, There were a few times where, okay, after dinner, everybody went to sit on the deck and have a drink. And I was like, found myself kind of lost. Like, oh no, what do I do here? I feel uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. I don't want to sit there. I'm feeling a little bit 
lost or like I this is it this is new territory for me. So I was just able to hit that pause button and say, okay, what do I need to feel a little bit better? And I was like, okay, I can sit down and I can chit chat, which I'm kind of feeling like I'm I'm missing out a little bit and I don't want to feel like that because I know long term I don't want to drink. I know that it takes more from me than it gives. So I was like, okay, what did I love as a child? What did I absolutely love when we rented a cottage? After dinner, we would always, not right away, like wait your 30 minutes, you know, that was the saying back in the day. Then we'd always go swimming after dinner. I asked the kids, I was like, okay, we cleaned up. Let's get our bathing suits on. Let's go for a swim. And so I went for a swim while everybody else stayed and drank. And I instantly felt invigorated. It was like so much fun. I had a water fight with one of the kids. We were splashing like crazy. And then I was like, I love to paddle. So I did a sunset uh, stand-up paddleboard session. So I just went for a paddle and slowly was watching the sun come down. It was beautiful. I was so present in that moment. It filled me up. It made me so happy. And I recall in the past being like, oh, I'm going to paddle tonight because where our cottages, uh, it's you either go in the morning or night. It's kind of rough in the afternoon and it's not as enjoyable or it's really, really hard. So I was would normally be like, oh, I'm going to paddle tonight. And then have a drink or two and be like, ah, I don't really feel like it. So it's like you're losing those little moments, right? And and sometimes you don't even acknowledge all of the things that you're you're losing or you're missing out on by taking that path of least resistance or taking that thing that doesn't ultimately serve your highest good. So when I was able to put in those healthier patterns and behaviors and say, okay, I'm feeling a little stressed or a little bit like, ah, this is new territory. I don't really know what to do. I was able to hit that pause button instead of being like, oh, well, I'm just going to drink. Because I, I was like, nope, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. I'm finally feeling really, really good. So I added those things and felt like a million bucks. And then I was like, okay, let's go sit down and have board games. Everybody else is having drinks. I'm having my non-alcoholic mocktails. I feel like a trillion dollars. And that instilled in me those new healthy habits and the amount of joy that I got from swimming and taking that sunset paddle far, far, far outweighed the drinking. And I'm sharing this example again, as a way for you to sit with what patterns am I taking? Because this is the pattern that I've always done. But when I really dissect it or look at it, it's not really serving my highest good. It's it's kind of unhealthy. It's not a great coping strategy. It's it, like, I, am I numbing out? Am I, you know, doing something that isn't ultimately serving my highest health and well-being? And then is there something else that I can add in? And again, this wonderful person that I was talking to this morning, they were like, that's what I really tied into when I was first uh, quitting was what did I miss out? Like, what did I love as a kid? And then you have more time and you add that in and you feel amazing. And it's just like, oh my gosh, how did I do what I did before? And again, it's not with judgment or anything, but the last piece that I'll say with when you are identifying these unhealthy patterns and then you're replacing this, this is something that is really, really important. And I didn't really get to touch it, to talk about it last week. And I really wanted to make sure that I talked about it this week is to track your progress 
set milestones and reward yourself. Okay. And the reason that this is significant is because it creates that positive reinforcement. We're really, and I I did talk about this last week, we're really good at being hard on ourselves or I shouldn't do this or always in that the negative tone of what we don't want instead of saying what we actually want. Communication and language is really important. So with your kids, instead of saying, don't do this, it's like, what behavior do you actually want them to do? And if you can communicate, and I think that's really important with us, instead of being like, I'm not going to drink. I'm like, I'm going to connect to joy and things that feel good long-term and feel really happy. That is a totally different energy. And so when I can track that progress, so, okay, at 60 days, um, that milestone, how am I going to reward myself uh, at 75 days, at 90 days, at four months, at six months, like you can set out those small little things, uh, or you can even start really small. Like if you are right in the beginning at day one, day zero, you can say, okay, all I have to do is just for today, I'm going to replace this habit with this habit, or I'm going to hit pause in between this, or really, I'm going to take some time to even sit down and and process myself and where I'm at in this cycle, in this journey, and create that list that Pam was talking about, where I can create that list of things that I can go to when I'm stressed, when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm dealing with these feelings that make us want to go to these unhealthy coping patterns or uh, unhealthy pattern um, habits, sorry, that keep us in that loop uh, that I was talking about, that cue, that craving or trigger, the reward or behavior, and then, um, or the, the resource and, and then the reward. And then, okay, the next day we want it again. And then we want it again. And then we kind of feel like we're not in control of our own life. And this is the one thing that I, I talked about with giving up alcohol is that it was the last shackles that I was ready to give up to have that ultimate freedom. I, and it felt and feels so good. And so when you can really focus on that, you can start to feel empowered and inspired. And like, if I can do this, what else can I do? And that's an expression that I say all the time. If I could conquer my fear of heights and jump out of an airplane with my husband, which I talk about in the using your spiritual practices to overcome fear, then I can definitely do this. And this is something I didn't think I could do. And how can that translate into something else? And I share all of this to inspire you that whatever hard thing you don't think you can do, you can 100% tackle it. You can 100% do it. It just takes getting to know yourself a little bit better, knowing where those unhealthy patterns come in. And I'm going to share a few more tips uh, really quickly that we can go over that will help. And I'm just going to rapid fire kind of through them. But rewarding yourself for that progress that you're making, for really being proud of yourself, for setting those milestones, even when you fall off, using it as data to learn more about yourself so that you can have that quicker bounce back time instead of being like, oh, no. I drank, now I'm a piece of crap and I'm never going to, you know, like we we go down those rabbit holes of negative self-talk and that's not that's not going to help us create change. What will is like, okay, look at all of these wins I have. I'm going to acknowledge them. Okay, I'm going to reward myself. So again, for me with the first 30 days, I was like, okay, I saved X amount of dollars. I'm going to hire Shannon from SB Creative Studios 
to do a photo shoot for the rebrand for the business because everything has changed. Like if you've been listening since episode one, you're like, whoa, this isn't even the same person. If you go to my website, it's not who I have evolved into. And if you're a new listener, surprise, <laughs> things have been changing. But I I love that because we're constantly growing and evolving and changing or we're staying the same. And I, I've been changing quite a bit. So I invested that in myself and it felt so good. The photo shoot was so fun. I had uh, a few friends that came for, for the photo shoot and it was just a total blast. And that moment, I was like, this is positive reinforcement. Like all of this money I would have spent on alcohol. I would have spent on wine, on something that makes me feel depressed, that makes me feel not great. And then I would be like, oh, I really want to invest in this. But, you know, and, and it was just like, no, I have all of this money because I haven't been spending it on on something that's not serving me. And so it was a very proud moment to do that. And now this, in a few days, I'm coming up at two months and I'm like, what's the next reward that I want to have? And sometimes it could be a mini reward. Like, okay, if I don't do this for one week, I'm going to go buy myself a new pair of running shoes or workout shorts. Anytime you get new workout gear, you want to work out or new yoga gear or you new yoga mat, like something again. So that reward isn't for me anyways, like, oh, I'm going to get to here and then I'm going to go and eat a roll of Oreos because um, I want something that feels even better than that. And so it could be a new summer dress. It could be a pedicure. Think of all the things that you can do to set those milestones and then really reward yourself to like every time that you look at that pedicure, you're like, yes, this babe, she's like nourishing herself from the inside out. She's creating like all of these habits. I'm a freaking goddess, <laughs> you know, and that's a vibe. You guys, that is totally a freaking vibe. And that's how I felt with the photo shoot. And I can't even wait. I got a sneak peek of the photos. If you're looking at rebranding, Shannon does uh, weddings as well. But I, I love to give her a shout out because I just really love the, the photo shoot that we did and the energy behind all of that. And I think that so often we can focus on what's hard, I guess is what I'll say, or what the problem is, or like, ah, I'm never going to get out of this cycle. But if we can start to slowly have that ball moving, we get that momentum and then it gets, we, we feed into that, those rewards, which gives us more momentum. And then it's like, there's no stopping me now. And that's where I feel right now. And I want to inspire you to feel that way, or maybe you already feel that way. And that's absolutely incredible. Okay. The big thing that I want to talk about with epi this episode, so part two of creating change was that uh, habit cycle and just understanding it so that you can be like, oh, has stressful day. Oh, here comes the trigger. Here comes the craving. Instead of impulsively jumping into that path of least resistance or that getting that quick hit of dopamine or hitting that response or behavior or habit, so that you get that quick reward, just actually hitting the pause button and being like, okay, what can actually support me? What's on my tool list? What is going to, and it might be different each day. One day you might want yoga. One, one day you might want just to sit outside and cry by the water. Like that is so healthy. It's so healthy. <laughs> Maybe you want to call the best friend and just say, I miss you. Let's have a movie date or whatever it is. You get to create your list. Okay. 
So I wanted to share this quick little list of ideas that just came to me and I jotted them down point form on helpful things to consider when creating change. So these just, there is no step one, step two. This is just from my experience as a coach, from working with tons and tons and tons of women and just through the retreats, through my own learning and all of the things, these are some things that I think are really helpful when it comes to creating change and working with ourselves and loving ourselves. So I'm just going to go through them. And if whatever resonates, allow it to really resonate into your heart space and maybe jot it down or just take that mental note and then use it as inspiration. And if I miss any and you want to share with me, send me a message over on Instagram, send me a DM, send me an email. And I just love carrying on the conversations after the episodes to you guys inspire me. You inspire me to keep going. You inspire me to share, to create more content and to do the hard things that I didn't think that I could do. Sharing about going alcohol-free was really hard. That's why I was kind of surprised when someone's like, I didn't know you have a problem with it. I was like, oh yeah, I really hid that really, really good. Um, And I never wanted to share because I want to be good. I want to be, I guess there was a sense of like, you can't be flawed to lead the way. And I think some of the best leaders have a ton of flaws and they share them, they share them vulnerably and say, Hey, I I've made it to, to this side and this feels better. Here's what I learned. And you can relate to them because you're like, oh, that speaks to my soul. And one of the biggest reasons why I decided to share was that when I was in the first 30 to 40 days, I would look up a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of people and accounts on sober lifestyle and making those empowered choices and those people and their message helped me. It helped me so much because I was like, look at this person. They're saying all the things that I feel. I connect with what they're saying. I resonate with this and that helps me. If they can go from feeling the way that I feel right now to freedom, to actually loving themselves, to not thinking about as much, to feeling freaking alive, that gives me hope. That that inspires me. That's super motivating. And so I was like, who am I to to hide this, to tuck this under the rug? What if there's someone in my world or community or audience or who f- stumbles upon this randomly, which ha- has happened? <laughs> And it helps them and it speaks to them and it helps them give up alcohol, which I've helped people before. I, cause I I did give it up. And then my dad passed and I really hit a low point and I'm not proud of it, but I also, no one taught me how to deal with uh, losing someone who is so important in your life. And who was such a rock? Um, it was it was such a challenge, and I'm here for these conversations. And a drink took the edge off. So if you're still in that cycle, it's okay. I was in that cycle, and understanding where you are. Going back to the last episode in that stage of change, there was a bit where I was like, I know I need to change this. 
I'm, I'm in that contemplation. I'm thinking about it, but I'm not ready yet. And then there was that preparation stage of like, okay, this has got to go. And then there's that action stage. And now I'm in action. I, I can't wait for six months to get into maintenance. I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I won't even let myself get into maintenance till a year. Who knows? But all I know is that I am sharing this vulnerable conversation and this hard share again, just in case it helps someone else. I had someone message me um, late last night and say, thank you so much for sharing what you shared about not drinking on the long weekend. It was super motivating and inspiring for me. And I was like, okay, okay, I can keep doing this. I can keep sharing these, these hard things. Oh my gosh. Ugh. So coming back to these helpful points for creating change, wherever you are at, One of the things that I think is really important is to have a beginner's mindset. And I think I created a whole podcast episode on beginner's mindset um, because it's so important. As adults, we forget. We forget. Oh my gosh. We get so adulty. And (laughs) we're like, adulting is no fun. No kidding. We make it no fun. But we can also make it a lot more fun. So come at change with a beginner's mindset, learning more about yourself. So again, like if you want that different outcome, you need to do things differently because if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same result. And if you want to keep getting the same result, okay, keep doing the same thing. But if you want to do something differently, just kind of go back to to your childhood and and ask yourself, what am I missing? What do I need? What made me feel alive? Uh, what objectively and you can even for the beginner's mindset if you have someone that you're really close with so a partner best friend sister brother that will be open and honest with you you can even ask them because I know Mark was a big part when I was like oh my gosh babe I'm just so low I'm just so low I'm like I feel flat I I've lost my spark I I just I feel so flat and he was have you tried this and I was Ah, so I have to come at it with the beginner's mindset. Okay, how would I do this differently? How would I do tonight differently? How would I mother and parent myself in this situation? You know, my kids lost someone. They they dealt with grief. Obviously, it was different, but they didn't drink to do it. I had to help them through some of that. And so come at it with the beginner's mindset. Just be so patient with yourself. The next point that I jotted down was the joys of learning. So make it fun. Make it enjoyable to learn about yourself. Make it a joy to learn about the process. So uh, I made it a joy to learn about alcohol use disorder, uh, to quitting, to making those empowering changes. I made it fun. Well, I really tried. (laughs) Anyways, I'm really trying to make it fun for you so that you can see that there's a different way. But whether it's learning about alcohol is a poison. There's so many things that um, it it is so not healthy for us. And yet it's so socially acceptable. And so when I, the more that I learned about that, the more I was like, okay, what would be something that would actually support me? And how can I make that fun? I love to learn. So I, I find that that is a joy, but some people, maybe you don't, but just ask yourself, how can you make it fun to learn more about uh, nutrition, about uh, a morning routine, about your spirituality? There are, maybe if making it fun isn't the right word, there are enjoyable or joyful ways that you can do that. 
Okay. The next point that I have is staying present. So mindfulness is so important on this journey for creating change and just being really honest with yourself. So again, when I can stay really present in that moment on the weekend where I was like, oh, I feel lost. I don't know what to do right now. I've been fine all day. I had a mocktail in a wine glass and we were down by the water and I was fine. Everybody had dinner and we're not quite playing board games yet. We're sitting on the deck. Shit. I'm freaking out. Don't know what to do. I was really present and mindful in that moment and was able to say, what do I need? What did I do before when I was a kid? And I was able to be like, okay, I can interrupt this, this like mini freak out and I'm going to go and swim. And not only did I swim, Rowan and I were doing jumps and we were calling, if you've ever watched Avatar, the the cartoon one, which I watch with Rowan, there's waterbenders and I'm a Pisces. So I'm like, I'm the best waterbender. And we had this like whole um, water fight, which was so fun again. So making it fun as staying present, just being really mindful again, staying present can be really helpful because it can create that pause for you between step two and three in that cycle. And it also can allow you to tap in when you have that mindfulness, you can actually say, and, and being honest with yourself, like I'm actually not even hungry. I want to eat this roll of Oreos because I'm stressed the hell out, but I'm actually not even hungry. So what is a different coping mechanism that I can do to regulate my nervous system? Because I know in this present moment, I'm not even hungry. And I think that that is one of the key pieces with creating change. The next point that I had was understanding short-term and long-term benefits. So again, I already alluded to this, so I'm not going to spend much time on it, but this was something that I really learned when I was learning about behavior change and the stages of change and and really putting things into perspective was that you either have short-term pleasure, long-term pain, or short-term pain or discomfort or uneasiness with longer-term pleasure, joy, happiness. So you get to choose. So when you can understand where you're at in that cycle, you can start to ask yourself, do I want this like quick temporary hit eating these Oreos, getting that hit of dopamine, but then the next day waking up with a sugar hangover or an actual hangover. And then this cycle repeats tomorrow, the sugar, the sugar gremlins, as I call them, or the wine, which are just like, feed me, feed me. But if you starve them out, they go away. And again, the more that you can understand, even just on a health level. So short-term and long-term benefits of quitting drinking, short-term and long-term benefits of eating healthy, of gut health, of hormonal health. There's so many, and you can take, you don't have to learn all the things. I know I said make it learning fun, but learn what empowers you or inspires you or motivates you to do the thing that you've been wanting to do and knowing that you can, you can do it. You, you absolutely can do it. Which brings me to my next point, which is to challenge your beliefs. If your beliefs are key, keeping you stuck, you need to change them 100%. If your belief is that I need to drink alcohol to unwind, you are going to always turn to alcohol to unwind. If yours is I need to eat this chocolate because I'm on my cycle or I'm this or I'm that or the other thing, you're always going to need that. But what if you challenge that belief? And ask yourself, why is it that I think that I need a glass of wine to unwind? Why is it that I turn to chocolate when I'm stressed out? 
why is it that I believe that the only way to have fun is to drink alcohol or whatever your vice is, that the only way I find joy is through online shopping or that it's hard to be a mom, like whatever your belief is, it is hard to be a mom. But there's also so many joys that outweigh the hardship right? So you can challenge those beliefs, which is a big, big game changer. Cause I had someone ask me that too. They're like, well, what changed this time versus last time? And I said that last time I quit the habit. So I didn't drink, but the belief system that I still had was old. And it was that I'm missing out. I'm not having fun. And so you, you believe that. And how long do you think you're going to stick with something that you feel deprived or, you know, and and I, I've shared this before so much with nutrition. If you, you can have that abundance mindset with it, but you have to change those beliefs. If you think I can't have this, I can't have that. I can't have this. Healthy eating is born. Healthy eating is too expensive. Healthy eating tastes like crap, tastes like cardboard. Uh, you're not going to stick with it, but if you can change those beliefs, and that's why I put out my first cookbook was to have simple, simple recipes with ingredients that everybody knows, 10 ingredients or less that you can whip up even with three kids. And so there was like healthy eating could be so delicious, nutritious, fun, and simple, simple. So there was no excuses. So you can challenge those beliefs because I wanted to help other people. And I want to do that with with whatever health practices you want to adapt. So whether it's adapting those spiritual practices, connecting to meditation, a lot of people, a big belief is that meditation is not for me. Well, a lot of, a lot of things are hard at first. Getting movement daily is hard at first, but the more that you do it, your body craves it. Healthy eating, mindfulness, staying present. It, it, it takes work at first, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Okay. The next point that I have is to keep promises to yourself. That is one of the big things when it comes to self-love, which I know I talked about last week. If you tell yourself, I really want to get movement in this week. So every single day this week for 10 minutes a day, seven days a week, I'm going to get movement. And then you only get movement in one day. You kind of don't believe yourself. You don't trust yourself. You you're not showing up for something that you said was a priority to you. So one of two things, one, you actually didn't want to make that change or two, you are prioritizing everything else but yourself. So you have to look at that. And I think one of the most important promises that you should keep is your, your promise with yourself. I would feel pretty crappy if I would make these promises with Mark, with, with my partner, my husband, with my kids and I didn't keep them, they wouldn't trust me. They'd be like, Pam, your word means nothing. I wouldn't do that to them because I love them. So why would I do that with myself? And that's what I would share with you. If you keep your promises to your kids, if you keep your promise to your boss, to your employees, to your freaking neighbors, to like all of the people in your community, but you don't keep them to yourself. What the fuck guys? Like what the fuck? You need to keep the promises to yourself. And I say that with love because I did it. I kept certain promises, but not other ones. And and the idea right now, the place that I'm in is 
is I'm going to keep all the promises that I make to myself because I understand they all have purpose and they all allow me to feel alive. And that's exactly how I feel after feeling very, very, very flat and dull for, for about a year. Okay. So it, it's a form of self-love. I talked about love and self-love last week, so I'm not going to go too big into it, but you are someone else's kid. Okay. So I, I relate everything to children because like, I'd be so sad if, if my kids were feeling flat, if they were feeling depressed, if they were kind of turning to substances or food or, you know, going to have like type two diabetes. Cause they had these, you know, I would feel so bad. And yet, because they're still young and I'm trying to help and be a good role model and all of this and that. And and I want them to show up for themselves. I want them to love themselves. I want them to take really good care of themselves. And I have to do that for me too. I have to be that role model and and to show that. And you have to do that too. Whether it's even just for yourself, even if you're not with anybody else, you deserve that. You, you 100%. And you never know who in your circle, whether it's your friends, whether it's your coworkers or your mom or your dad, that you are rubbing off on or that you are creating positive impact for them. And that is awesome. You do it for yourself, but it ripples out. It always ripples out. I saw this 10 times out of 10 with people when I worked with nutrition. They're like, oh my God, now my husband's eating better. Oh my God, my husband's packing lunches. All the people at his work are eating lunch now. They never used to eat lunch. Oh my goodness, my kids now want this. Oh my goodness. I noticed when I go out for dinner, there's too much salt because we don't, you know, it's like it ripples out. Okay. I talked last week about getting to the root. So tackling those blocks, if you have these blocks that keep coming up and hitting you like a wall in the face, you might need to seek therapy, uh, work with a coach, a counselor, someone to get to the root of that so that you can actually remove that block. Because if you just keep hitting that same wall over and over again, and you can't get out of it on your own, um, like maybe listening to a podcast like this, it, it just isn't enough. You might need to seek support and and really get support, which we talked about last week. So that can definitely help. Adding in more joy is is another point. So what feels good? How can you do good? How can you create good? When I was thinking about this, you know, in the first 30 days, I couldn't create good the way that I normally do. I didn't have the podcast. I didn't share on social media much, but I created good for me. I created good in my nighttime routine, in reading, in journaling, in making nourishing foods for myself, in going to yoga class and going for walks, going for runs, all of these things for myself. But you can also extend that out into how can I now create good in my community? How can I do good in my community? How can I... um, share more? How can I help someone? How can I, on a bigger level, it's like bigger than me. And that's why I shared on the episode with Dr. Laura Foster. And I've said to anybody, if you are struggling with change, if you're struggling with giving up alcohol, if you're struggling with food and, or like addictions, reach out. I'll help in any way that I can. I really want to be that guiding light for people. And I don't think I'm an expert, but 
I have lived experience and and that's got to count for something, right? And I do have a lot of diploma, degree, certifications, qualifications, constantly learning. But more than that, I just want you to not feel alone. I want you to feel heard. I want you to have the help. I want you to feel supported. I want you to have the love. Like maybe there's no one in your life that you feel like you can ask these questions to. I want to be that person for you. Or I want you to to share that, find that person for you. Maybe it's not me. That's okay. Find your person. Okay. Uh, Prime your day is the next point. So this is your morning routine. How do you start your day? Do you start it jumping on your phone and checking what everybody else is doing? Or do you start it having some water, having some breath work, doing a few deep breaths, regulating your nervous system, tapping in, journaling, prime your day. I'm not going into that because I have a whole episode on that. And I talked about that last week, uh, regulating your nervous system. So knowing when you're overstimulated, understimulated, uh, when you feel flat, when you feel hyper and just tackling, honoring your needs with where you're at. Balancing your blood sugars is another really helpful one when creating change. So especially if it's with regards to food or with um, alcohol, because when you have those blood sugar drops, sometimes you can feel not yourself. And if you just consistently eat every three to four hours, you regulate your blood sugar and then your you, those cravings aren't as intense and you feel a lot better. I think there's the whole halt thing. Um, I don't know the whole thing because I, I don't practice it a lot and I don't even know who to reference for it, but I think it comes back to like the sober community somewhere and it's halt is like hitting that pause button again so that you can say, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am, I think it's lonely or tired um, because sometimes it is like, okay, wait, I just want to have this, but it's because you haven't eaten in three to four hours. And and with that regulating of the blood sugar for three to four hours, making sure, again, you have like a healthy protein and fat in there, which is re- really, really helpful, uh, especially for women. Uh, the next point is to build your toolbox or your toolkit with these resources and tools that you can go to when you need them. So whenever you're like, ah, I feel like this, what tool do you need to go to and how can you add that to your to your toolbox and maybe it's that that list on your phone like i said at the beginning it's a book it's a bath it's essential oils it's using all, all of your senses it's lighting a candle it's going for a swim it's going for a walk it's sitting in nature you get to create whatever tools in your toolbox work for you you can even pick the color you can pick the name if toolbox doesn't work for you it's like these are the resources and the strategies that are going to help you create the life that you want so that you can show up and feel the way that you want to feel that you desire to feel and even when things come up because we can't micromanage the universe we can't control everything we don't have that kind of power what we can do and what we do have power over is controlling how we respond controlling how we heal, how we regulate our nervous system, how we take really good care of ourselves. We can control that. Okay. So the last two are to practice. So I think that comes down to the beginner's mindset again, where it's like, just practice. One day you might get it really great. The next day, maybe you don't. And then focus on, yes, I learned this. Okay. And I'm going to practice again tomorrow. It's the same way when do yoga. It's like not to be the most perfect yoga person. It's because it connects me movement and breath. It gives my brain 
my monkey mind a task to move and breathe. And I feel so good after it's like, I can't even explain. I don't understand it, but I just know that my mind, body, soul, my spirit, my physical body, my mental and emotional body, everything feels good after yoga. So that is a big, big resource for me in feeling really good. But also when I'm feeling really low, if yoga is not your thing, find your thing. Maybe it is like downhill biking. Maybe it is jujitsu or martial arts. Maybe it is pottery class. There is no right or wrong. There just is you and you are perfect and just creating that life that you love with the the habits and practices that work for you. Uh, so trusting yourself is another point that I said. If you know something feels off, if you know, like I knew way longer than I'm I'm willing to admit, like I don't feel good. I don't feel like myself. I held on to it way longer than I needed to. I didn't trust that I could make that change. I felt I fell into those old beliefs and paradigms that that kept me held in those handcuffs, those shackles that, yeah, the cue is around my neck and I, I kept myself there. So, and I, I try and meet myself with kindness and compassion. So not being super judgmental and like hard on myself, which I know I can tend to be. So I'm just like, okay, I acknowledge that. I now trust myself and I now, this, this feels really good. Even, even when it's hard, this trust in myself, it feels really good. Reframe is something that I talked about with Dr. Laura. If you haven't checked out the episode, you'll definitely want to check it out where we talked about giving up alcohol and she talks about the reframe app, which takes switching things. So instead of like, I'm not drinking, it's like, this is what happens when you don't drink for a month. Like this is the healing that takes place. And I think that you can think that with anything. It, what kind of positive impact can you create by getting more sleep when you can reframe that from I'm an insomniac, I'm not getting enough sleep or I have a crappy nighttime routine or I don't do this. It's like reframe it into something of like what you actually want and find the benefits. Like what is the benefit to you? Like getting enough sleep. Oh man, your body's healing. It's repairing. You, like I literally feel like getting enough sleep reverse ages me. I wake up feeling like a million bucks. Like it has that that cascade effect versus when I don't get enough sleep. And there's research on this that a lot of people that work shift work, it, it's really hard on their body because their circadian rhythm is out of whack. And if you're not getting that enough sleep, you tend to crave sugarier and, and fattier and fried foods because of that lack of sleep. So you might be like, why am I so hungry? Why am I craving this? And it could just be coming back to I'm not getting enough sleep. How can I support my body in that, right? These changes, they can be super big. They can be super small. They can be itty bitty, but it all is about, again, we have this one life and I don't want to live it flat. I don't want to live it numb. I don't want to live it feeling like shit. I don't want to live it missing out. I want to live it all the way lit up, all the way all the way. So I have, to, I had to do some of the shedding and some of this work. And I feel like that's what happens sometimes through these spiritual awakenings. And so you can meet yourself where you're at in your process, in your journey. And I want to say this one last point, and it comes from uh, Holly Whitaker, I believe is her name. She wrote the book, Quit Like a Woman. And she says, know what you can't fuck with. 
Okay. So this is a really important point when it comes to change. If you're trying to moderate um, your consumption of junk food or takeout food, but every time you have it, it just, it has you craving more. If it is alcohol, if it's Nutella, if it's whatever it is, like if every time you have it, it's like crave, it creates that addictive habit or tendency that goes against what you actually want. If you watch Netflix and you end up staying up to watch like 17 episodes and you're not going to bed till two when you really wanted to go to bed at 10. Maybe that's what you can't fuck with for a little bit. Whether it's maybe getting up and going on your phone right away. Like it doesn't have to be catastrophic, but it tends to create a ripple effect of negativity or or things that you actually don't want in your life. I also used to call them red zones. So for example, people trying to heal their relationship with food and food rules and and body love and all that kind of thing. Some red zones might be, okay, for right now, I can't have this food in the house because every time I have that, I binge it. Or a red zone might be, I don't follow people like this on social media because it triggers my body dysmorphia or body image issues. So some red zones would be, I'm not going to parties where there's people drinking when I'm trying to give up alcohol for this time being or whatever it is. If you know your red zones, maybe a red zone is like you're trying to improve your relationship with yourself and and taking care, really good care of yourself. And there's people in your life, there's relationships that you have. And these people are like energy vampires. They take, 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 they leave you feeling less than they have those uh, negative comments. Maybe your red zone right now is spending time with them. You can put that boundary up. Absolutely. And you don't need to subject yourself to that. I think that that's a really important point when creating change. Another really big one is small daily wins. So this small, consistent effort. So many people think it's like this big epiphany or this big change, or you're just going to have this big, like, aha, it doesn't work like that. It's like this small, like one piece of sand, then another piece of sand, then another piece of sand, then another piece of sand, then all of a sudden you have a beach, right? But the beach didn't get there overnight. I don't even know if this is translating, but that commitment, that's where it comes through. Not being like, oh, I'm going to not put it in today and I'll put it in, you know, like that wishy-washy. I find for myself with healthy eating, it's like, okay, maybe today I can't get in a salad, so I'll quickly make a smoothie. That's a win, right? I can plug in a whole bunch of nutrients that my body needs in there, or maybe we're going out for dinner and instead of getting something that I would normally have at home, my commitment to myself is to eat something that's going to nourish my body and that I'm going to enjoy. So what would that look like? Is that a burrito bowl? Okay. Maybe I'm going to go here because they have healthier options or or whatever it is, right? That's the win. But when we give up on that commitment with ourselves and we think it's going to be this one thing or one day we're going to figure it out, it's like, If you keep not showing up for yourself or waiting until Monday or waiting until the next month or the next year, you're going to keep waiting. Whereas if you just have those small changes that you don't even notice over time. So in the beginning, you might be like, I'm not noticing anything. I'm not noticing anything. I'm not noticing anything. And then all of a sudden, like almost two months later, I I saw a picture of myself um, and it might be not noticeable to other people, but I noticed to me, like my face looks different. And it's like less puffy, it's less bloated, it's less wrinkly. And I was just like, wow, that's really cool. But like in the day to day, if I took a picture day one, day two, day three, you wouldn't notice it. It was like that two month mark. And I'm like, what is it going to look like in six months? And you know, 
in 10 years from now, it's going to look older and that's okay. That's the part of aging, but I'm going to support my body as much as I can with naturally aging naturally by putting on sunscreen, by eating real whole foods, by drinking lots of water, by not drinking, you know, by not smoking, by having these calming practices that nourish my spirituality, like meditation and breath work and grounding, all of those things, that small daily, those small daily wins and that small consistent effort is way better than the all or nothing, the trying to white knuckle it, the, the willpower is there, it's not there, uh, or showing up for yourself and abandoning yourself. It, it's inconsistent. It's incongruent with what you actually want. Okay. I, I have two more points here. So the second last one is begin with the end in mind. And so I think about this often and I feel like I've shared this before. It's kind of morbid, but there's this guided meditation and it's like, okay, where do you want to see yourself in one year, in five years, in 10 years? Okay. At the end of your life. And, you know, if you're really thinking about it, and and I've really thought about it. And I, I, I do believe I've shared this before in a podcast, but if you're like, okay, I got to the, the end of my life and I realize I spend my entire life worrying about my weight and trying to lose weight, that that's sad to me. That's really fucking sad. I don't want to spend, like, I didn't come here. I didn't incarnate on this earth to worry about my weight for my whole life. The other thing, the other realization that I had that I, I'm processing and grieving is it will make me really sad if I got to the end of my life and realized that I was numb for most of my life. That made me really sad. So when you can think about beginning, you know, with the end in mind or that I didn't heal myself or didn't show up for myself or whatever it is. It just puts things into perspective and you can start living today because it's not always guaranteed. It's not guaranteed that we're going to make it to 80. It's not going to, that we're going to make it to 70, 60, whatever, right? All we have is today, which is why being present is is so important and seeing today as a freaking gift, seeing your health as a gift. If you are not healthy, we take it for granted so much. We so take it for granted when you are sick, when you get a cold and then you're just like, oh, I feel terrible. I can't breathe. My throat hurts, my this, my that. You just, you can't wait to feel normal. And then we feel normal and we just take it for granted and we like do things that make us feel like crap. And and I'm not saying this with judgment. Like I, I totally do it too. But then, you know, you see as someone go through cancer and you're just like, oh, they would probably just get anything to feel healthy, to feel cancer-free, to feel good. Oh my gosh. Like you see how hard it is to do normal things. And and I know because I've had friends who've gone through breast cancer and there's so many people that that do go through cancer and it's just like, oh, I just can't wait to feel healthy. I can't wait to feel good. And I saw it with my dad. Like I just remember uh, for my 40th birthday, we ordered a ton of pizza for everybody and he normally loves pizza. And he's like, it tastes like crap. Everything just tastes like metal. Like you couldn't even enjoy like this small thing, you know? And, and it's, it's dumb. Like, I don't even know why I'm talking about this. I'm kind of rambling at this point, but it's just like these, I guess the point is that there's these small things that we just take for granted, like being able to go for a walk, being able to have clean water, being able to afford food, 
being able to take the time for healing. And maybe you don't have those privileges, but I'm sure that there are some privileges that we're, you're taking for advantage of right now. I know that there are ones that I do. I take for granted all the time my health. And I had a lot of people in my family and extended family that were quite not quite unhealthy. And it led to physical ailments and disease and death that was completely preventable by taking care of your health, which I think is why I was so passionate about getting into this field and also with my own struggles with it, with body image and, and all of that stuff. And how do you want to feel today? What are you ready to stop taking advantage of so that you can show up for your mind, body, and soul for your ultimate or divine health? And the last thing that I'll say on this episode is pick up the pieces of yourself that you lost or finding yourself again. I know that this is a trendy thing on Instagram or TikTok. And it's like the only thing I lost and ever had to get back was me, myself. And I really resonated with this so much. And I had seen it before with other women. They're like, I got married and I became this person's wife or I became a mom. And then I was this person's mom. I lost parts of me. And I was like, I didn't do that. I'm, But I did in a different way. I lost parts of me through drinking because it was a path of least resistance. It, it was a program that I knew. It was a ancestral line that I believe I came here to break. And maybe you are that cycle breaker for your family. And if you are, I high five you, sister. I high five you, friend, because you did not pick the easy path. <laughs> you didn't, but you're here and you're doing it. And I salute you and your kids and the few, the upcoming generations will thank you. And again, I think that I've shared this before, but it, what a privilege that we get this time and space to, to be those cycle breakers. There are, you know, our ancestors or parents, they did the best that they could with what they had and the stories and beliefs and paradigms and everything that they were given. And they dealt with wars and famine and a lot of lack or depending on your background, obviously you can't generalize it for everybody, but I, I just always think that, yes, sometimes this is hard, but what a gift. What a freaking gift. If I could be the cycle breaker for my family or for, for to break that that line of alcohol use disorder or heart problems, health, like through creating divine health habits that that really support you, what a gift. What a freaking gift. And I think that that's where I will leave today's episode. I have so many wonderful ideas on things that I want to share to keep you inspired and uplifted to feel your freaking best this summer. The summer is the season of abundance, of plenty, of fruition, of birth and blessings. And we can really use this time talking about honoring the season and the cycle that we're in to create massive change, to create the changes that we want to see. We're no longer introspective. We're in that action phase. I guess that's the beautiful way. That's the connection that summer is action phase in the stages of change. It is action 
packed. And so how can you work your way through those stages of change to use the energy of this season to create that change for yourself? I would love to know what you think about this episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to screenshot and share on your socials or share with a friend who you know would enjoy this episode. It just we can share this motivation and inspiration and learning from each other. I know the episode with Dr. Lisa Petty, she was saying that as women, we are secret keepers. We struggle in silence. We hold these things because we don't want judgment or we think that everybody else has it figured out and we're the only ones that don't have it figured out. But I think when we are storytellers and we share these stories and we share this wisdom, we can, we collectively hold hands and say that you're not alone friend. And I see you, I support you. I, I will meet you wherever you're at and give you so much unconditional love. And, and that's what these episodes and messages are all about meeting yourself with that unconditional love, creating these changes from that place of self-love so that you can be the human, the person, the mother, the partner, the very best version of you that is like lit up on life. That's all I can say <laughs> that is lit up and on fire for life. So again, if I've missed anything or if there's anything that you love to see in or hear about or learn about in upcoming episodes, send me a message over on the socials or on my website on, under contact me. And I would love to hear from you and share more on all of this goodness shine on my friends. If you enjoy this episode, I would so appreciate it. If you could share with someone who, you know, is going to enjoy it just as much as you did. You can also screenshot the episodes that you're enjoying and share them to your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag me at Pam underscore Raka and the podcast at divine health podcast. It's a beautiful way for us to grow this amazing community of conscious women looking to nourish their mind, body, and soul to the people who've already left a five-star review. Thank you so much. Your words matter. I appreciate you for the people who've been tuning in each week and haven't left one yet. I would kindly ask that you take a moment. If you feel called to it, to drop a little love note, let people know what sets this podcast aside from all of the other ones, or just what you're enjoying with it. It allows me to see what you're enjoying so I can create more content like that. And it also helps to improve the rankings and let new people to the podcast know what it is all about. If you don't know how to do that, I have simplified that for you. So head over to my website, www.pamrocka.com. That link is in the show notes. Click the podcast tab, scroll down to where it says leave a review. It is that simple. I've also added a new feature along with all of the other freebies and goodies that I've already had on the, the website. I've added now you can see each and every one of the podcasts and you can actually listen on my website. So head over there, get whatever nourishing information you need or that can benefit and help you. There's so much free content there. And my goal is for you to create a radiant, beautiful, healthy life that you love. So shine on my friends.